Welcome again to the Chapter 49 podcast. Today is the 14th day of December. It's a Tuesday, and it's a very important day in many, many respects. The most important here on the Chapter 49 podcast is this is the last day of work for this year for Duncan Giles. You are on vacation, my friend. User lose comes up and you've got to, you've got to take care of it. So, yep, I'm on user lose to the end of the year. And so we will not uh, get together again until 2022. Sometime after the new year, you and I will get back uh, on the podcast. We will still be doing updates uh, periodically uh, on our Facebook page, which you can always, we'll plug it again. If you want to like or uh, you want to follow our Facebook page, just uh, search for it on Facebook under NTEU Chapter 49 Indiana, that full phrase, and it should come up. And if you want to uh, follow us or if you want to like us, that would be very nice. We have uh, several hundred people that already do, so that uh, you can just simply join that uh, group. And we certainly hope Facebook will actually send it to your newsfeed. I, I think they do most of the time, but they're, as I have mentioned before, their algorithms are, are beyond my technical expertise. So I don't know if, if you asked Mark Zuckerberg if he could tell you what it was. I was going to say, I'm not sure who who understands their <laughs> algorithms. Or as, as we know, Facebook now has a, a parent company called Meta, if you want to use their virtual reality, whatever they call it, and those little things you put on your head. I, I'm not even sure I'm ready for that. I'm, but, I'm not sure I can handle the actual reality, much less a virtual reality. So yeah. I try and stay away from that. Actual reality is enough for me, and probably that, yeah, <laughs> probably enough to, to for several lifetimes. Well, we are going to do a, a, a year wrap up here in a little bit, but we want to deal with some other issues first. And uh, what I would like to start off with is a chance for you to talk about someone who'll be exiting uh, the stage here at the end of this year and, and you want to take a few moments to talk about him so please uh, do that for a moment if you would yeah our national vice president uh, jim bailey will be retiring at the end of the year he's not only our national vice president but our director of operations uh, for field operations and i can't say enough about jim i'm hoping he's not watching this podcast because it'll give him a big head but the man is not only a brilliant lawyer, a brilliant negotiator. He was the head of our uh, national team, the chairperson of our national team. Wonderful asset to NTEU. Great advocate for employees. Great ally uh, and partner for Tony, our national president, Tony Reardon. Um, I've known Jim well over 20 years. Um, just an amazing, amazing guy. I can't say enough good things about him. I wish him the very, very best in retirement because uh, he certainly deserves it. I don't know if his wife will agree with all the things that I said, but, you know, I, I'm going to stick with it. Well, usually the two of you go back and forth pretty well, but you're you, this is the one time that you decided to give an honest assessment, so it's good to see I, that. I'm going to be nice, yeah, sarcastic <laughs> a little bit, but I absolutely – because, you know, this, the, he is just truly a great, great guy. And I think that's, you know, when you reach a, a, as high a level as he had reached within the organization, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, people do get a little impressed with their title. Jim Bailey never seemed that way to me. Always approachable. I mean, a regular guy in the sense that he, if you asked him a question about the law, he would find a way to, in very simple terms, explain it to you. And not every attorney has that ability. 
Absolutely. And, you know, the podcast that he did uh, going over the COVID vaccination mandate uh, was to me is just one of our best podcasts, just because the way Jim broke it down legally in terms that everybody, including myself, could understand. So um, just like I said, even though he's brilliant, like you mentioned, he's very down to earth, very approachable, um, just great sense of humor and a plain speaker. So I he he will be missed, and we wish him well in retirement. Uh, I guess he likes the mountains, the Rocky Mountain High out in the, the western part of the United States. So we certainly hope he enjoys his, his time in retirement on the ski slopes or wherever he he may be. You mentioned the vaccination mandate. Let's talk a little bit about that because there has been some news on that front. At least one branch of the military service has already let some some people in uniform go for not being vaccinated. What what do we know about that? Yeah, it just happened over the last couple of days that the Air Force announced that it had let 27 uh, people go uh, from basically discharge them because of the fact that they were uh, not vaccinated, had not uh, you know, asked for a reasonable accommodation for medical or religious reasons. So they've let them go. So this, this just shows that, you know, whether it's the armed forces or whether it's the executive branch, which the IRS is a part of, they're serious folks. This is not going to go away. Yes. And there's one uh, lawsuit filed by an IRS employee on the vaccination mandate, which was basically dismissed by a judge Judge said he could file it another way, but it, you know, even then, it, you wonder about the success. And even though it's not the federal government, the Supreme Court just the other day before we record this, uh, Supreme Court just uh, refused to uh, issue an injunction for New York City. Now, New York City had a vaccination mandate in place. Employees went to the Supreme Court asking for an injunction to stop it, and the court said no. So that would indicate to me that, you know, if you think the courts are going to jump in and, and save the day, the current status of these lawsuits would not indicate that. I'm no lawyer, but that's what it says to me. Exactly so. You know, there may be some doubt about whether the OSHA uh, ruling for the 100 and more employees for private, uh, private employers will be able to stick, things of that nature. But when it comes to governmental employees, can they make this as a condition of employment? And the courts and the uh, the precedents in law all say, yes, they can. And that's being borne out. So that's why, again, urge everybody, you know, especially with, you know, the, uh, you know, the recent new variant that's coming up and possibly another one after that, that, you know, get vaccinated, get boosted. I got a booster shot last Friday. You recently gotten your booster shot. Um, you know, people are like, well, you know, I'm worried about the after effects. I had no after effects from my booster shot now, and you didn't have for yours or not much to speak of. And I didn't really have a reaction to the first two. My girlfriend says that I have a strong immune system. I, I think I'm personally dead and just walking around, but you know, you, you can, you need to get that taken care of for yourself, for your fellow employees, for your family, for your loved ones. Yeah, my wife Jane did have some after effects, but it lasts one day, and it's not right. severe. So if it does happen, it happens. If it doesn't, that's fine. Uh, I'm a believer in the booster shot, and that's why I did get one. And in my age group, it's pretty much expected. <laughs> you, you you really need to get it done in my age group uh, particularly. Yeah. But, 
And I mean, even in the younger age group, you know, my, uh, my daughter had a reaction to all three of her shots, but she's in the medical field. And so she's like, even though I had a reaction, it's absolutely the right thing to do and the best thing to do. Well, Duncan, I, we didn't mention this last time, so I guess we have to kind of fess up on it. Um, you, you did something you don't do often. You made a, a, a prediction that there there would be a government shutdown. Now, I'm sure you're not you're pretty pleased that you were wrong on this one, but there was no government shutdown. The Congress surprised us and actually uh, extended the continuing revol- resolu- resolution through February. So that was good news that there was no government shutdown as we thought there unfortunately was going to be. It appears appears now that there is a deal on the debt ceiling. It's not totally done and sealed and delivered, but it appears the agreement is in place and it looks like the Congress is taking the steps needed to be taken in order for that to be done. So uh, that is some good news as we head to the holidays. Absolutely. Yeah, on the government shutdown and the uh, mortal words of uh, Maxwell Smart, missed it by that much. Um I, but I'm like you said, I'm happy to do it. I thought there might be a brief one, but they were able to work out a deal with some senators in the way that they were going to vote to be able to uh, not have to do it by unanimous consent. Got that taken care of. And there is a deal in place where now they one party can go ahead and in the Senate raise the debt ceiling um, just on their own They so they don't have to have the 60 votes. So we should be good in that. And from every indication that we've heard, that should go through uh, the midterm elections next year. So darn near, uh, this should take us darn near a year on the debt ceiling. Good for that. And then we've got the continuing resolution that will be expiring in February. Now, you realize, Duncan, that uh, a large part of our younger audience has no idea who Maxwell Smart is. Uh, The Steve Carell movie, though, is out there. So, you know, (laughs) Yes, I mean, but aside I'm, from that, yes, yes, yes I, I am seasoned, so I, I do understand that. I'm even more seasoned than you are, and I certainly do remember yeah. the Maxwell Smart character. <laughs> Get Smart was that uh, TV series, which was a total satire on the James Bond craze that was going on in the '60s. But so Maxwell Smart was the was was the takeoff on that. Um, so I think what we want to do now is what we had planned on doing for this podcast, and that's to take a look at the past year. And, and there's a lot to discuss, but I think, Duncan, if you have one underlying theme that has been with the federal government, federal employees, our agency, and just in general, is the ups and downs of COVID. A year ago, we were just, as a society, beginning to uh, to get people vaccinated. It was just certain numbers of people in, in uh, certain jobs, such as medical uh, physicians, which you would expect them uh, to have uh, received the vaccinations first. So we've had a year of vaccinations, which again, that's we've already talked about some of the aftermath of that. Uh, but the fact is we do have a vaccine that appears to be effective, three different types of vaccines that have been approved by the FDA. But we really haven't shaken ourselves of COVID. We still have an evacuation order in place. How would you look back on the past year and how COVID has impacted all of us? Uh, even myself as a retiree, but particularly people still in the workforce. Uh, how do you look back on this year of COVID? I am amazed and extremely proud 
of the job that all IRS employees and all federal employees, to be honest with you, have done in this type of situation. It's, you know, nobody imagined that we'd still be talking about this, the evacuation order at this late date. We thought that it would be passed. And uh, to be honest, due to the fact that we don't have herd immunity because not enough people have gotten vaccinated, um, we're still having to deal with it. But just the ability to, you know, do workarounds, work from home and make it work, uh, coming to the office very rarely when you do, wearing your mask, social distancing, things of that nature. Um, it's made a darn near impossible situation done very, very well just through the efforts of uh, federal employees. I'm, I just I couldn't be prouder of everyone that I'm associated with in the federal workforce for getting this done. You know, Duncan, I can still remember when we first started the podcast and uh, the evacuation order basically meant that everybody was at home and, and not everybody was set up to work at home. And people just got paid to sit at home. And I think, you know, some people thought, oh, that's great. Others thought, you know, I'm bored. I need to get some work done. I've got a job to do. How do I get my work done? And eventually, and, and the agency, you know, had to kind of really turn on a dime to get this done. Uh, finally set people up in their homes in just about every job uh, that we have in Indiana. There are a few exceptions to that. But there are not many people working in the office. And if some people do, it's usually one or two days a week, three at the most. I mean, they're... they're particularly clerical people are coming in to, to perform certain tasks. But overall, you know, we've all adjusted to that. When I say we, I, I, I'm, as a retiree, I kind of feel a kinship to people still working, that the agency and because of what the resilience of the workforce, um, the service has, in fact, been getting things done. They've been getting work done, and that is amazing. It, it truly is. I mean, if you look back, when this evacuation order started, uh, you know, a year and a half ago, to imagine all that we have accomplished so far is just simply astounding. Um, and I just, like I said, I couldn't be prouder. And I don't think the evacuation order is going away anytime soon. Uh, the IRS has said that we'll give 30 days notice uh, before then. And we haven't heard anything. And I don't anticipate hearing anything for the rest of this year. It could be a couple of months into um, into 2022 before we do start to reopen offices. But the leadership of the IRS also knows that they are able, we are able to get the work done, the job done, due to the efforts of the employees. Yeah, and it's it's it goes across the board. I mean, people who've worked in the field were uh, were set up to work. Um, on their in their homes and other locations and have done that. But Duncan, they really were not set up to do all their work all the time at home. And, and that's the adjustment that had to be made. Then, of course, toll-free, which you had been told by the management was an impossibility, all of a sudden became a possibility <laughs> when they couldn't find any other way for people to work. And by, by golly, the toll-free people are working out of their homes. And there have been glitches, but, you know, they were mostly in the beginning. There are, much, there are far fewer glitches. Now, people are effectively doing their toll-free work at home. Is that a pretty accurate statement? Yeah, I mean, there, there's always going to be connectivity issues, computer issues, things of that nature. And sometimes people do have to go into the office to do the work if their home environment is not conducive, if they you know can't get connected, can't get their computer working, 
or if their work isn't mobile, like a lot of our folks in our service centers. Um, but we've we've tried and we've shown that the vast majority of employees can adapt and you know do what needs to be done to work from home to get their uh, to get their job done. And that's the bottom line that employees in the federal government, you know, we've heard it disparaged from comedians and things of that nature. People have a real pride here. They want to do good work. They want to do the right thing. And they do. And it's and it's shown through here. Yeah, I, I'm beginning to see some members of Congress. I just saw something today about this who are beginning to pressure of. Uh, a number of federal agencies, IRS being one, to begin to bring employees back into the offices. And the only you know, feeling I had, a reaction I had to that is, do you really want to have this happen too soon before we're ready? I, I'm just astounded. I shouldn't say I'm astounded at what politicians do, because they never really surprise me, whether they be federal, whether they be local. State of Indiana has got the highest hospitalization numbers that we've had in several months. And they're saying, oh, no, we've got to really work to make, you know, make it so people don't have to get vaccinated. Are you kidding me? So you want to bring people back to the office and reopen these offices where the employees are doing the work from home. They are doing it. Our folks who are in the tax are there. So it's not like that the uh, the taxpayers are not being serviced. They're being serviced every which way. So bringing them back into the office is more of an optics thing than anything else. And do we really want to bring people back, some who are vaccinated, some who are not vaccinated, just to you know, prove some sort of bizarre point? Yeah, and I, I think that it's interesting to point out that even though we've been under the evacuation order, it's been months ago that IRS opened up our taxpayer assistance centers. Now, getting an appointment's not easy, and we can't staff them the way we want, but they've been open. And, that's, and, and we need to remind people the Social Security Administration hasn't had an office you can walk into since, since uh, COVID started. Exactly. Different circumstances, so they need to take a look at what's being done what's not. You know, and... They, they talk about, okay, we need to reopen the offices. We need to get these people back to work. Well, these people are working. They're working their asses off. They're not doing it from their office. They're doing it from their home because that's where it needs to be done to be safe. So, um, you know, for the IRS to be told that, you know, you need to do that. And I will give the commissioner and his staff and the executive leadership credit for not bowing to that. I think at one point they were looking seriously at the January 3rd date, but with the way the COVID numbers have been going back up with the new variant or variants that are out there, um, I think that they've made a prudent decision. Let's hold up for a while. Let's see how this is going to go, even though there is tremendous pressure on them to um, reopen the offices. Well, let me move to something you've been working on for uh, the greater part of, of 2021, and that's the national agreement. You started off uh, negotiating via Zoom, and you just told me the loads of fun you had doing that. Uh, then finally, you went to in-person bargaining again. You went to Washington, D.C., and, and you found that to be much more productive. Uh, talk about your year dealing as one of the 
the, the two chapter presidents that were in the entire uh, negotiating uh, process from beginning to end. Yeah, negotiating via Zoom is like having a couple of root canals at once. It's it's needed, but it's painful, and you know, it's not the way to, that you would want to go. Um, we did get together in person finally. We were able to accomplish so much more, and this was in June when we didn't have, you know, the variants at that point. Delta was not out there, so. We were able to be vaccinated. We were able to meet in person. The staff, headed by, again, Jim Bailey, our national vice president, Ken Moffat, who is our chief of negotiations, was our spokesperson. Doreen Greenwald is the assistant to the national president. Lori McCann was the other chapter president, the president of Chapter 10, who was the permanent member. And the great, great chapter presidents who were rotating in and out to uh, to get this done. And we were able to get an agreement that is, frankly, one of the best in the federal service. It works for the IRS. It works great for employees, and it's about as good as we're going to get. So I'm very happy for whatever small part that I played in that. It was, a, it was painful to get there, but it was worth it. Well, Jim Bailey gave you credit. He called you brilliant, which I'd, <laughs> I'd never heard him say. But Jim said, had probably been drinking that day. That's my <laughs> that's my theory on that. He had been, you know, tasting a couple of wines. He's a, he's a wine connoisseur, and that that's my guess on that. So, but uh, I I do believe that uh, I think um, if you look at the uh, both your bargaining team, and I think if you look at the entire IRS workforce, I have used this word before, and I do think it still applies today. I think resilience is the word, whether it comes to you as a bargaining team, the employees in general. Uh, we are a resilient bunch. We have to be to get this work done. That's it. It's like, you know, people talk about federal employees and it's like, okay, we adapt very, very quickly for any needed situation. And this is a great example. You know, we negotiated via Zoom. We negotiated in person, whatever we needed to do to get this done. And we were able to do it. And did we get everything we wanted out of the contract? Of course not. Nobody ever gets any everything that they want. But we got what we needed. You know, it's it's the old Stone song. You can't always get what you want, but you get what you need. And it's it's like I said, there there's a lot of good things in there. More things are coming when they get the uh, child care subsidy that uh, Ken Moffat had come up with. That's his baby, and that's an outstanding idea that other government agencies have once they get a vendor for that. And we're able to assist folks at certain income levels to get some of their childcare paid for, which I think is just awesome. Well, and, and you have a lot to, uh, to be proud of as far as that is concerned. I just say one thing, you know, people talk about how the government's not run like a business. Give me an example of one business who nearly three months into their business year still have no idea what their budget will be. That's what government agencies are dealing with right now with this continuing resolution. Yeah. I mean, we are, you know, how much are we going to be able to hire? Not sure. When is our pay raise going to be effective? Well, it's going to be effective January the 1st. We don't know if it'll have to be retroactive. We hope not. We hope it'll start being paid on January 1st, but because of the continuing resolution, we don't know for sure. And so, yeah, there's so much uncertainty that we have to deal with that a lot of the private sector just doesn't. 
And one good piece of news, and we always like to give good news when we can, <laughs> uh, the end of 2021 ends one particular little provision that uh, IRS employees have been dealing with. So remind people of that good news. Yeah, the uh, my favorite, and God knows how many podcasts we talked about this, the Social Security holiday, where we got last year, we were you now didn't have Social Security taxes taken out, but this year... They took out regular Social Security tax and the repayment for what we had not taken out last year. That ends the end of this year. We're finally going to be done with that. So that'll hopefully increase your paycheck a little bit more in addition to whatever raise the 2.7% we hope will be the final figure. The president has not released that, but every indication is that's what it'll be overall. Um, you know, that's, that's something that's good. So a little bit more in your paycheck and hopefully folks listen to me and, uh, you know, took a look at their health insurance so they could find something that's a better value for them during open season, which just closed, you know, anything we can do to, uh, to help federal employees put more money in their pockets and their family's pockets is great. And that end of the social security holiday repayment, will do that. You know, Duncan, we started this podcast, uh, in the spring of, of 2020. So we have just completed our first full calendar year of doing this podcast. And I always like to remind people that pe- when podcasts are produced, you normally have a team of people, you have producers, you have script writers, you have uh, all sorts of people, whether they're volunteers or paid, who are helping you out to get the podcast done. Literally, I just called you on the phone, said, how about doing a podcast? You said, okay. And we said, well, if it doesn't work, fine. We just won't do it anymore. Well, we've been doing it for well over a year and a half, and somehow people are still listening and watching this. I I give you full credit for that, Um, just the outstanding job that you do. And I hear that from other chapters as well, because they're like, we know it just can't be you. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't get the credit. Larry gets the credit. That's, that's plain. It's not me. Um, but I mean, just the way that you're able to produce it, you're able to run it, keep me on task, which is anybody who knows me can be just a fun, fun endeavor overall. Um, and you know, we, you know, people are like, well, how much, you know, show prep do you do and all that? And that's, that's when I really start laughing. It's like, yeah, we have a few minutes of discussion or we send an email back and forth and we just go. Um, today we didn't, so even, I, we did. I give you all the credit and I think that, you know, we've won an award, a national award for this, um, because of our communication. And I truly give you the credit for this, that we've, we're getting great information out and it's gone, not just out to chapter 49 employees who listen, but all over the country. Well, yes. And our national union has been very kind and, uh, not just with their comments and linking occasionally and, and we are proud of the award that we won uh, for communications. But Tony Reardon, our national president, has made three appearances on the podcast, which is, I think, uh, probably there's there's no comparison with his what he's done with other chapters. He's given us uh, his time, which is no small thing, three different uh, occasions that we've had the podcast on the air. So we, we do appreciate the national attention we've received. And we're, we're happy that not only are people listening in other chapters, but we're seeing other chapters emulate what we do, trying to set up their own podcast, yep. video and audio, and uh, more power to them. I certainly wish them all the success. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just, 
there, you know, we don't have a, a patent on this or anything like that. We, we're trying to get out information. So anybody, any other chapters that are trying to get out information that might be relevant to their folks or beyond is absolutely wonderful. And all the national office folks who've been on, including Tony, uh, just very thankful for, and I'm hoping that we'll continue to do those in the future. Yes, we, we've invited them on a, a number of times. We've had officials from other chapters come on on occasion, and we always welcome them as well. So, Duncan, as we head into the end of the year, it's our final podcast for 2021. We've tried to review the year a little bit. Heading into the holiday season, we'll be talking on the podcast again next year. Uh, your holiday message. I, I just hope everybody uh, is able to take some time to be with family and friends, reflect on the season, know that, you know, you deserve some rest, you deserve a respite, that you've just done a great job this year and, and be proud of the job you've done. Be proud of yourselves and know that you are supported and appreciated and just, you know, take the time to be with your family and friends and enjoy that. You know, Duncan, I've been, I've been reading an awful lot from people who are, experts in psychology and experts in, in mental health. And to a person, they have said, and I, you know, this is everyone, not just us working in the federal sector or retired retirees even. We as a society, have, we have all been through a lot in the last year and a half or more. This COVID um, period has been so difficult. And I don't think we even realize what has happened to our mental health as the result of how we have had to interact so differently over the last almost two years now. So I think uh, my message is, you know, take good care of yourself. There is an employee assistance program. If you're a retiree, there are other places to go. You know, take care of your mental health first. Take care of yourself first. And during the holiday season, that's the greatest gift I think you can give yourself. And that's that's my message for the holiday season. I, I couldn't agree more. Having a daughter who's a mental health professional, absolutely correct. Okay, Duncan, thank you very much. Uh, enjoy your holiday time off. Of course, I'm retired. I don't have to <laughs> talk about my time off. But I do in, want to thank everyone for watching and listening. And when you see my eyes go back and forth, it's because, as Duncan said, I I, I kind of double up as the producer of this uh, podcast as well as being somebody who's uh, on the podcast itself. Once again, you can find out the audio version of our podcast on just about any platform, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, on and on. We can, you can find us just about anywhere. Just uh, search under Podcasts by Larry Lannon, L-A-N-N-A-N. You'll see all the podcasts I produce, and uh, the Chapter 49 podcasts are a part of that list. Also, you can find our video version by going to YouTube and just searching for Duncan Giles. There's more than one, but just find the one with the Chapter 49 podcast. You can subscribe to our podcast, uh, and uh, that way it's easier to find it when we do produce those each week, except, of course, here for the holiday season. Once again, thanks so much for watching and listening. We appreciate everyone who watches and listens. We wish you well. Please be safe and be kind.